Squib Kick. Welcome back to the Squib Kick. This is week 10. Uh, I'm Drew here with Jeff and Sebs, Yo. as always. Uh, Snooky is also joining us on this one, the uh, the dog at the Denlinger house. Arf! <laughs> that was Sebs, not Snooky. Uh, yeah, so we're into week 10 now. Uh, in our fantasy league, we've got to the point where everybody has played everybody now. So through nine weeks, you know, every every team has seen all the other competitors in the league up close and personal. And now we start the second round through the through the schedule. Uh, we won't make it the whole way through the second round of playing everybody just because we have... Um, when do playoffs start? Week, week 16. Week 16. 16. So we have six oh, more oh, yeah, six more regular season games. So gotcha. you, you get you get through... You play two-thirds of the league twice. Yeah. And then there's three teams that you only play once. So yeah. the, the teams that you played the last three weeks are the only time you're going to see them until postseason play. Sorry, Jack. I won't be able to beat you again this season. but By a whopping... Mm-hmm. Uh, what was what was the score of that game? It's like... 83 to 75, I think. Sebs is over 500. Oh, let's go, baby. Thank you. I have the same record as Mason. And me. And you. Yeah. (laughs) That's insane. (laughs) Look at Jordan's team and look at my team. I have four more wins than him. And he has, what, 100 more points? At least, yeah. Over 100. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, man. Sorry, Jordan. Yeah, Yeah, sorry, Jordan. Jordan is definitely dethroned Fink for least lucky this season. I mean, Fink's had bad luck. Hey, I still I have more points than Fink still by five. So, <laughs> so, through, so yeah, Jordan's so, easily the unluckiest. Fink. So, so basically, you are averaging uh, like a half a point more per week than Fink, and you have you're yeah. five and four, and he's zero and nine. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It sounds like if Fink could just grow some balls and score five more points, he would be over five hundred. So, <laughs> I have no more mercy for the guy. Um. All right, I think with that we can dive into our first segment of the week, Brow Razors. What has raised your brow this week, Jeff? So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. So, write the time down so, right now. Write it down. No, right no, now. no, no. Okay, no, no, no. no. Right. So uh, I got the Anta, or however you say it. The Anta, no, that can't be a part of it. The Anta Foreman, the Foreman. There you scored go. Four points. Um, okay. Now, I mean, even though he's on my team, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, terrible performance. I think he had seven carries, two receptions. So just no volume for him to work with there. Um, I don't know what his efficiency was with those seven carries he got. But he had like, uh, yeah, not many yards. Yeah, but it, I mean, it doesn't matter. He's not going to put up points when his team is behind like they were against the Bengals. 23 yards. But okay. Yeah. 23 on seven isn't terrible. That's not awful, but, but yeah. Not, not great. But, uh, yeah, the the Panthers as a whole need to do better if you want Donata Foreman to do better. Um, Mixon just dunked on him and ruined your week as far as Foreman went. Yeah, it, it was tough considering I have him and he only put up four points. Um, he is right now the lead back in uh, in Carolina, but um, you know it, you had you had Blackshear come in and vulture a touchdown from him. But then again, Blackshear had five carries versus Deonta's seven, and they were playing from behind the entire game. I'm tr- they were down like twenty eight zero within the first half, and. 
just going against a hot Bengals offense. It was hard for them to uh, keep the defense on the field um, for a long period of time. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't know that I'd be necessarily worried about this performance. Um, it's still kind of tough to to figure out what exactly the Carolina offense is uh, now that they don't have Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, but they go back to playing the Falcons, which they did a couple weeks ago, and a lot of Panthers did pretty well there. So we'll see what happens. I think I think that he's probably in for a rebound kind of week. It'll be interesting to see if a rebound there means eight points or ten points or thirty point. What do you have the one week? Thirty some? Thirty three, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So I I personally just have no idea what to what to expect from the Panthers backfield, you know, kind of moving forward. I think that Foreman probably is the the leader of that backfield is just not sure where the volume is going to lie on an average week. I mean, they seem to like Blackshear. He got, he did get five carries, two less than Foreman, but he had four targets and four receptions for 40 yards. Um, so he was able to produce in the passing game a, a bit more than Foreman, considering Foreman had only three targets in that aspect. But um, I do think Foreman is the lead back there, and should definitely be looking for a bounce back week against uh, Atlanta, and the whole oh, yeah. Panthers team as a whole should be looking at a bounce back week. They just ran into you know a five touchdown Joe Mixon, yeah, you know a hot Bengals offense even without Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow still getting it done. I do think he's going to go off against the Falcons. I mean, he did the last time they played him. Who the who Foreman? Yeah. Oh, was that against the Falcons? That was they literally were... like two. That was like two weeks ago. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. They well. Yeah. Hopefully considering I'm playing Drew this week. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, I don't think I've ever oh, – I'll save that for the matchups. Never mind. Never right. mind. Um, we can I go into mine if you, if you, unless go. you got more to say. Here, let's play rock, paper, scissors for it. I, <laughs> Just go, go. <laughs> Finish with, okay, no? Okay. Well, I mean, we were already talking about Joe Mixon a little bit, so you knew he was going to come up in this segment. There you go. Um, just a crazy week from Joe Mixon. 56 fantasy points. 22 carries for 153 and four touchdowns on the ground. Added another four catches for 58 yards and a touchdown through the air. Uh, It was brought to my attention pretty recently that last week on the podcast, I said that Joe Mixon doesn't have a very high ceiling. Um, (laughs) That was based on how he's been performing this year and the fact that the Bengals were were throwing quite a bit. Um, But this, this performance was incredible. Uh, I've had Joe Mixon a couple times in his in his NFL career on my fantasy team, and he's you know put up some some pretty solid games. None quite like this though. Fifty six points from anybody's crazy, and yeah. when you see a, a number over fifty in our league, it's almost always a quarterback. So, I mean that there's a easy chance that that's the highest non quarterback score we see all year. Yeah, for sure. You know, 22 carries, 153 yards, four touchdowns on the ground to go along with catching four of his five targets, 58 yards in the air, and a touchdown in the receiving column. Like, unreal game. That's a Jamal Charles-type performance from years ago. Uh, Just broke fantasy this week. Correct me if uh, Jordan had him and lost. Correct. (laughs) Dude. See, see what I mean when I was talking about him being the unluckiest guy in the league. Yeah, like yeah, he put for up, sure. He put up what one upper one thirties, I think, and one thirty nine, and still lost by at least ten or fifteen points. 
Yeah. He's playing card well, right? He, um, let's find out. He, I don't remember who he played. I mean, r- regardless. It might have been, was it Jake? Here, let's, I can, I can find um, it here. We have Sebs, so. Sebs on it. I want to say Jake played Cam. Yeah, he lost 151 to 139 to Ben. There you go. Yeah, Ben, you know, got a solid week from Cup. Great week from Goddard. Ben's team just did its job and was still able to beat a 56-point Joe Mixon. Ugh. Yeah, very unlucky for Jordan there. I mean, it's tough when, you know, Kamara also put up nine only. I mean, we'll go into that with the matchups, but, um, yeah, Jordan – Sorry, bud. <laughs> I, can't, I can't really say much else about that. However, I was about to trade for Joe Mixon last week. And, uh, Jordan, you best be glad. I mean, it's only one week, so really, does that benefit Jordan for keeping Mixon? I don't Any, know the trade on a, on a, I mean, I would have given him Olave. Um, he wanted to take a chance on some running back, so it would have been Harris, Najee Harris, and James Conner and Olave. Definitely benefited Jordan to hang on to Mixon. For Mixon, <laughs> for Mixon and uh, Gabe Davis, but you said um, his name wrong. Gabe to Anus. There we go. Um. So, looking at that trade, like really, it this week didn't even matter because he lost anyway. So, and had he made the trade, he would have lost still. Because his team probably would have put up below 100 by this, by <laughs> if he didn't logic, have Mixon. By this logic, it wouldn't have mattered if he dropped so his entire what I'm, team. So what I'm asking is... Anyway. What's that? By, by this logic, like, if he had dropped his entire team, it wouldn't have mattered because he No, not by anyway. this logic. No, I'm talking about moving forward. Like, for this yeah. week, set up for this week. Well, I mean, if you do want to look at it moving forward, he is still only one game ahead of Fink for the for the bottom of the of the standings. He's building his uh point break uh tiebreaker lead over Fink. So those fifty six points, you know, could go a long way. Yeah, it, if... it could. It could. For sure. But and it could go a long way with how Mixon does the rest of the year. True. Like he could like he got twenty two carries. That's that's definitely higher for Mixon than normal. Yeah. He usually doesn't get carries like that. That's his. Uh, he got 24 in a game against Miami and 27 in a game against Pittsburgh in Week One. Other than that, well, I think the big I mean, thing there was the touchdowns. The whole rest of the season, first eight weeks, he only had yeah, three the touchdowns. touchdowns were kind of crazy. Five touchdowns. You score five touchdowns in one game. Doesn't matter even if it's a quarterback. That's a big game. That's a, yeah. that's crazy. And if it's coming from anywhere outside of your quarterback position, that's a monster. It's game. just explosive plays it's from 30 the points offensive on, thirty line. points on touchdowns alone. Take yeah, away the yards, the bonuses, the catches, everything. That's thirty points on touchdowns. That's insane. Yeah, good, good for Joe Mixon. Joe, if you're listening, you know <laughs> we know he is. <laughs> Props to you. Good luck uh, with the rest I don't of your know if season. He's listening this week after you and me shit talking last week. <laughs> nah, true. We should probably send him some. Chocolates or flowers or something. A nice edible arrangement. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, I'd send them. You guys have any more thoughts assortment. on Mixon? Nah, I'm good. I think I'd rather send him an assortment of nuts, but. What? <laughs> what? I don't know, dude. All right, my brow razor. You see, this guy, he's really been in the pit, man. Oh. <laughs> Michael Pittman, 
you know, coming off a hot start towards the beginning of the season, uh, currently on Jeff's team, if you guys are wondering, you know, new quarterback in the past two weeks. Um, he's been struggling as of late. Last three weeks, put up 9, 12, and 5. With those that drafted him, they would not foresee this outlook coming from week seven to nine. Um, you know, I th- I think he should be playing better, even with a even with a new quarterback. I think he should be getting more and better opportunities. You know, his target share has been nine, nine, and six the last three weeks, um, but he hasn't scored any touchdowns, which is a little concerning considering he. He is a red zone type receiver, you know. He yes, he like he he's I think he's a do it all type of guy and definitely can be, but he's uh he's kind of struggling in the fantasy aspect, but it's a little concerning when he's the number 1 receiver on a team with not many other good receivers and Jonathan Taylor struggling as well. Mm-hmm. Like so that just means the Colts are kind of disintegrating as a whole. Yeah. Um yeah, so it's yeah, definitely concerning for Taylor and Pittman owners. What do you guys think of that? I'm blaming it all on the QB situation. Yeah, uh, I don't think. I mean, going from Matt Ryan to Ellinger, like, yeah. I think both of them are just terrible. I've never been a Matt Ryan guy. I've always thought he's overrated. He had his one good season and has been coasting off that ever since. Uh, one one good season might be it. Exaggeration. He, the but, longevity is there, you know. But, the Falcons have made the playoffs multiple times, but, you know. Like, when I've watched the Colts this year, which hasn't been a lot because I only see them on the red zone Octobox because they never fucking get in the red zone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> their quarterbacks just look terrible. They can't move the ball. And, yeah. I mean, Pittman's getting solid targets, but they're not catchable passes. I don't think Pittman's going to have a good rest of the season, but I don't think it's his fault. Yeah. So I think next year, when draft time comes around, if the Colts have a better QB in there, I wouldn't be worried about Pittman's season this year if you trust the QB who's on their team. Yeah, hopefully they get a solid guy. Maybe, uh, you know, a Jacoby Brissett maybe. Do you think he's – who would you take right now, Brissett or Matt Ryan? Or Ellinger. <laughs> I'd take Percet. I'd take Percet, dude. I, I guess. Amari Cooper's to, playing well. Do you want to know what the... Uh, the Browns, I'm pretty sure, have more wins than the Colts. Is that a maybe? I don't... The, the Browns, I feel like, are the Browns a three-win team. The Bengals. Uh, Did the Browns win this past... I don't even know who the Browns played this past week. The Browns were on by. Uh, they're just so uh, irrelevant. I think the Browns are a three-win uh, team. By, I think right. they're both a three-win team. The Colts... I think the Browns might be if, if, off the top of my head. I think the Browns are three and five, and the Colts are three, five, and one. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. <laughs> what we, they're literally the same thing, but I don't know what's worse. <laughs> one of them's worse, dude. The three, five, and one's worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, because th- uh, you lose the opportunity to get a win, right? Yeah, the whole well, I guess you also lose win. an opportunity to get a loss, but we're not going into the let, – let's not talk about <laughs> the ties. Yeah, what I do want to talk about here, though, is uh, you know just concerning the whole Colts offense, and since we were talking about Pittman already, what do the Colts look like moving forward with, the, with this news that came out this past weekend? What happened? Frank Reich was fired. 
Oh, yeah, I did see that. And was replaced by Jeff Saturday. Yeah, I did see that. He's interim. Former center and ESPN analyst. He has been coach in high school. He so coached. He, a he coached high school. That's it. That's it. He has never coached. Yo, any- call John Manny though. <laughs> Ser- no, seriously. Uh, like but this guy was a six-time pro. He, he yes, was. Yes, he yes. was a very successful. It's just. Center. It's. It's gonna be a fascinating experience or experiment because I'm not sure we've ever seen this in the NFL where a guy is interim head coach or regular head coach. He has zero NFL or college coaching experience, position coaching, anything. He has. You just have no idea what's going to happen. So, like, I don't know who's calling plays there. I don't know whose offense they're going to run. I don't know whose defense they're going to run. I don't know if if Jim Irsay is like, I'm putting him in there to to steer the ship and just ride the season out. And, and like, where did he come from? Was ESPN. he ESPN? Oh, so he wasn't attached to the Colts. In he was in attached the- to the Colts by being a a former like, a former center under like a. All pro center for them. Who Here's, from the so is it just the owner there that knows Jeff Saturday? You think? I think Jeff Saturday was doing a little bit of advising, like in the preseason or something. Okay. Like he was at a couple training camp practices, but yeah, that's not that's so yeah, that's different. That's so that. different than elevating. They could have ele- elevated their one of their coordinators. They have mul- they have multiple guys on the coaching staff that, while they weren't great head coaches, they had have head been? have head coaching experience. Wow. Here's what I'm thinking with that's this. Nuts. They promote him to head, or they put him in as the interim head coach. If he bombs, it's just an interim head coach. They get a better draft pick. Season's over. If he does great, they look like geniuses. Everyone's like, "Wow, look at these guys <laughs> finding the ESPN analyst." What if he does like mediocre? Then they're like, "Oh shit, should we roll with him?" <laughs> <laughs> well, the the uh, the funny thing that I saw on on how ESPN, much does an interim head coach make? Do they, dude? I have no idea what his contract is going to be. I mean, it's only for nine games, or is it just like? Yeah, I guess. It is. Yeah, but, but like, here's here's the funniest thing about all this is that, you know, he was a an ESPN analyst, so he's obviously giving his takes on TV, giving his takes on social media. One of his most recent tweets was <laughs> one of his most recent recent tweet was about how terrible the Raiders are, and guess who the Colts play in his first game as a coach? The Raiders. If the Raiders don't get fired up for that and play everything yeah. they've got, yeah, like, man, that, that's, that's gonna be a really, gonna be a hard, really weird dude. game to watch. You know that exact tweet is sitting on their bulletin board. Exactly, right now. <laughs> legit definition of bulletin board material right there is the guy that's now coaching their team just last week tweeted how bad we are as a team. Oh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um. With that, we can move on to our next. Moving on to fortune tellers. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing fortune tellers. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> we're going to deal or no deal here within the Nandez Boys League. As the NFL trade deadline has passed, we can only discuss trades within the league, and there have been three been pretty big the trades. This week. <laughs> There's been sorry, three pretty sorry. big trades. Um, we'll start with the one on Sunday. All right. So we had Javaris Jamar, Javaris and Lamar, Cam, trade away Hayden Hurst, Tony Pollard, Jonathan Taylor, Deion Jackson, and Mark Andrews. This whole bag goes to Mason, Brandon McAnus, and he gives up Brandon Ayuk, Zach Ertz, Dalvin Cook. So again, you got Hurst, Pollard, Jonathan Taylor, Deion Jackson, and Mark Andrews for 
Brandon Ayuk, Zach Ertz, Dalvin Cook. Let's hear it, boys. Uh, on the side that Mason got, uh, I think that Mason is, realizes the, that his, he's got a pretty solid roster and is trying to hit his, hit the upside and go go all in to try to try to make the playoffs and win this year. Um, well, I we were talking about it earlier. You talked about Mark Andrews. Yeah, dude, fucking Jake got Zach Ertz in return. Cam, Cam, Cam got Zach Ertz in return. And I think that's I think where that's going is that uh, Ertz doesn't have that. Does Ertz have a game over twenty points yet this year? Probably not. No, but he's dumb consistent, which you take from yeah. the tight end. Which you would take from a tight end. But, which maybe you take over but, Mark Andrews. I mean, he honestly. is the number three ranked tight end. Like rewind, rewind way back in the early season. I did a similar thing for similar reasons. Now I have Kyle Pitts, and Kyle Pitts hasn't worked out this year. But I traded away Ertz, who through his first couple games were super consistent. I was shooting for someone who can have those really big explosion games. Yeah, I think that's what Mason's doing here. Uh, he's a little banged up right now, but I'm not too worried about him going forward. I think he's probably locked in as the second best tight end moving forward. Um, the the part of the trade for Mason that was a little on the concerning side was Jonathan Taylor. The upside there again. Huge upside we saw last season. This year, it hasn't really happened. Uh, he's dealing with an ankle injury. He's now on that offense that we just talked about. One, one sec. I had Jonathan Taylor last season. Yes, go did. on. Yes, you did. You enjoyed that experience. <laughs> I did. Uh, Cam was just looking to looking to get rid of, of Taylor. He was sick of dealing with the the, the inconsistency, the low outputs, yeah. the, and I agree the injuries. Him. If Jonathan Taylor can regain form, Mason hit huge on this trade. I think he's shooting for the moon here. Um, I think Mark Andrews is a great acquisition. Taylor, questionable. I'm not sure. Um, Cam is doing. Cam is trying to get wins now. Um, he knows that Cook and Ertz are going to play this week. Andrews is kind of hurt and on a bye. Jonathan Taylor's questionable. Uh, interesting enough, Mason and Cam actually play each other this week, which we'll get into mm. later in the matchups. So that'll be a that'll it's be a pretty fun, good. fun discussion to have in a little bit. Um, Just so y'all know, this trade happened at twelve fifty nine in process, right before the game, the one o'clock game started, the, 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 the or issue, the noon games or the eleven o'clock yeah. games, wherever the fuck you're at. The issue was that I think I'm, I didn't talk to Cam about the the timing of the trade. Mason had told me that. He wanted the trade to go through after this week. Yeah. Then don't make it at twelve fifty nine. That's exactly what I said. I was like, yeah, no, he did. He did show me a screenshot that that said that there was a weird message where it was like this trade will go through once the locked players are unlocked or something like that, which is not usually what the but ESPN no one was locked yet. Exactly. But mm. ESPN usually doesn't give you that message, so I get yeah. where the confusion was. But so I, it sounds I like thought Mason's an idiot. I thought. <laughs> I thought. I thought the the same thing of if you wanted it to go through at on Tuesday, you should have accepted it. During the one. Well, really, games. what it comes down to is, did were, it looked like they were, but were the players that they would have wanted to start had the trade gone through, were those guys starting? And from what it looked like, yes, there was no holes in their lineup. So, I yes. would, so really, at that point, that's your own fault. You should have waited. You could they could have waited till Sunday night or Monday to make the trade. Why would you make it? Why would you talk trade at twelve thirty? That's probably when they started talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you look at the. Recent activity oh. right after that, <laughs> one o'clock. Mason added Cardinals defense. 
102. Mason added Will Disley. He was scrambling, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was like, oh, shit, what just happened? Um, oh, yeah, dude. <clears throat> but. I th- my personal opinion, Cam wins the trade. I, lo- I, I prefer Dalvin Cook over uh, Jonathan Taylor. Zach Ertz and Mark Andrews, that's a coin flip for me because you take Boomer. You take boom and maybe a bust over consistency at the tight end position. I'll take consistency, dude. That's no problem. And fucking, you know, Tony Pollard is nice. Is nice uh, for Mason, but I mean Brandon Ayuk. He's he's emerging. You know, I think he could, he could be hit or miss. And with uh, with Debo struggling and it, really a, a whole new offense. You know, he looked good in uh, McCaffrey's first game there, right? He had like twenty some. Who? Ayuk. Yeah, uh, Debo was out that game, though. Oh, there you go. Well, who knows with Debo's uh, near future how he's going to be. I don't know. I think uh, I, li- I like the pieces that Cam got. I think Dalvin Cook is – I think Dalvin Cook's him this year and moving forward. And Zach Ertz is – you can call it a downgrade, not much of a downgrade from Mark Andrews. I think it's tough for me to make a call on this without seeing how – Andrews and Taylor pan out. I, I mean, dude, if the I, season not... continues to go the way it is, Cam wins this trade hands exactly. down. But that's a big if. You don't know how it's going to go. That's why I, I think you can't, no matter how uh, Andrews and Taylor do, you can't <laughs> call it a bad trade from Cam. But if Taylor and Andrews pop off, you can call it a good trade If uh, for Mason. If Andrews and Taylor are still kind of struggling moving forward, uh, definitely a bad trade for Mason. But – only time will tell. And, and, and Mason how, Mason needs that boomer buster. How how that how their rosters are currently constructed. Like Cam is a, has been looking for a guy he can flex. Ayuk is a pretty good option off yeah. the bench to flex. Um, he gets the consistent guy Dalvin Cook who's gonna play most of the games probably yeah. and is gonna put up a solid number. Mason's roster is good enough where he has the the luxury to to take a shot on those on those guys. And if they hit, he's gonna be an incredibly tough team to stop. For sure. Yeah, that's a good take. All right, next trade <laughs> here on the list. This trade happened at 2.16 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday, November 9th. Today, I guess. <laughs> uh, this was between Jake and Mason again. Tony Pollard didn't stick stick long. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tony Pollard found a new home immediately when he was traded with Rondell Moore and Joe Burrow to Jake in exchange for Jared Goff and Amari Cooper. So Mason loses Rondell Moore. He's kind of a whatever. And gets rid of Joe Burrow. Cons- but he got Jared Goff. Well, Do you think that was fields. a strategic? Yeah, I know he has fields. It was, but- not, it was not strategic because he cut Jared Goff very soon after. Oh, he did. Okay. So he just wanted Amari Cooper that bad. He wanted Amari Cooper to... Really, if you look at it, all he did was give up his, I guess... Going forward now, if Mason believes in Justin Fields, he just gave up his backup quarterback and some bench pieces for a starting flex. Rondell Moore has well, been has been he's been solid, solid but he you can't little, rely on Rondell Moore. Probably not, but his last couple weeks have been pretty. But good. Amari I'm Cooper not, has been solid all year. So what oh, did very true. so maybe Jake needed Jake, Jake needed he needed a quarterback. Yeah, and, and did he need has, Tony Pollard? Jake also has DK Metcalf who would be riding his bench 
now he's in the flex spot over Cooper. So I don't think Jake takes oh, okay. a huge hit at flex. All right, there you go. It that's seems a, like that's one, of those, one of those trades where that's a very both, both teams seem to, with their pieces, both seem teams kind of fill what they need. Yeah. Like Mason. That's a good trade. Mason really, Mason really needed a flex now uh, to fill in while Jamar Chase is, is mm. still dealing with his injury. So it, it's, it's a uh, – I think it's a pretty good move for both teams. City of brotherly love. Yeah, that's a good beer. It's a, it's a Sebs good is, one. Sebs is sampling a, a victory pack right now. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Victory Brewing. <laughs> um, all right, and the final trade that was played. Did we hit that one enough? Almost. Yeah, I think we did. It was good. It was good on both sides. As right. long as as long as Justin Fields continues what he's doing, that for sure, Mason's gonna be fine. Um, all right. So this trade was placed roughly two hours ago. Not even two hours ago. We have Jeff makes a trade with Fink. Jeff gets rid of Amon Ross St. Brown, Geno Smith, Kenyon Drake, and Damian Pierce in exchange for Debo Samuel, 49ers defense, Saquon Barkley, and Brandon Cooks. Yes. Man, Jeff put the bark and Barkley with this trade, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, in reality... Jeff gives up. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Who's your starting quarterback? Uh, Mahomes. Oh yeah, yeah Geno I mean, Smith is fucking I pocket just change. Just had Geno there until Mahomes buys. Yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good trade piece to keep. You know, yeah. um, Kenyon Drake, who might be worthless in a couple weeks, and Damian Pierce. Uh, so really, looking at this realistically, you're giving up Damian Pierce and I'm on Ross St. Brown. That's how I feel. Exactly. About it. Yeah, yeah, that's how you got to look at this. And you're getting Debo Samuel. Did you need a defense? Because Four, 49ers are solid. I actually had a good reason for picking them up. Yeah. Um, I was looking at their schedule and the mm. two playoff weeks. I like their matchups mm. a lot. That's yeah. a good look. I looking ahead. I think Playing Vegas, chestnut checkers. Vegas and Washington. There you go. That's nice. That's yeah. very good. So you got Debo, 49ers D, Saquon. Oh, Saquon. And Brandon Cooks. Are you going to use Brandon Cooks? Probably not. But, okay. Um, he's, no, he's a nice piece. Bench. De- great bench, great yeah. bench player. Um, so, did Fink need all those pieces? Uh, Amon Ra can be he, – he's good. Yeah. Damian Pierce is good. I think the way we were looking at it is Amon Ra is an upgrade over Debo. Right. Saquon's an upgrade. And he gets a quarterback. And he gets a quarterback. And Kenyon Drake for a week or two. And like, Unless, you know. A, he gets a quarterback, but I I personally think Saquon's a bigger upgrade over Pierce than Amon Ra is over Debo. Now, I know there's some questions hanging over Debo's head right now, but I do like it. Wait, say that again. You think, you think Barkley's a bigger? I think the difference between Barkley and Pierce is greater than the Ooh, difference I don't, between I don't, Amon Ra and I don't and agree Debo. with that. I don't agree with that. I think Amon Ra's, he's good. He's very good. I think Debo is too. Yeah, Debo's very talented. Amon Ra's got a ceiling, but dude, Debo's not. I'm sorry, Debo's Amon Ra. Amon Ra has only uh, broken twenty points twice this year, and that was the first two weeks. Dude, Kittle's been getting targets, bro, and uh, McC- the whole offense is now McCaffrey, dude. Oh, I'm not. McCaffrey so, I'm... got the keys. Well, we haven't really McCaffrey see- we got haven't really the seen keys. A healthy Debo there. With McCaffrey. <clears throat> McCaffrey's McCaffrey and Debo play. Do you think together, they're still gonna run looks with limited. Debo in the backfield? Dude, they dude, they yeah. 
Kyle Shanahan does whatever he wants. They might have a, a thing where it's where it's Jimmy G Imagine. with a shotgun and McCaffrey oh on one side, Debo on the other side. That's it, insane. And then dude. you have Kittle and Ayuk. How do you yeah. defend that? That's that's. If very anything, true. I'm happy to have McCaffrey there. It open. I feel like it'll open up for. What do you mean? Debo. He'll get Debo. Oh, Debo for get, Debo. Yeah. Debo will get. Oh less wait, I forgot. You got Debo. So yeah. and I'm kind of trashing on Debo right now. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Oh. Debo will get less opportunities with McCaffrey there. But I think his opportunities are probably higher quality yeah. opportunities because that defense is no, not going to leave McCaffrey. Like it's tough for a defense to leave McCaffrey. It's a you know, lethal offense. Have have a linebacker go cover McCaffrey the whole time. Like that offense is so good. That dude McCaffrey's so good. <laughs> That's really what it is. <laughs> How did the Panthers not win games with him, dude? The Panthers roster is. Yeah, I don't know. Jimmy G's probably loving it, you know. I picked him up this week. Drew, you better watch out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so the trade looks good for both, considering Fink needs the depth, and Jeff likes Debo, and I think Sa- Saquon, definitely an upgrade over Brand- or Damian Pierce. Yeah. Definitely, uh, definitely, and he likes the defense. So there you go. I think – as of right now, the trade looks even, Steven. We'll see how Fink's team goes on, especially with Kenyon Drake possibly getting replaced by Gus Edwards moving forward. And, um, yeah, I mean, he got a, he got himself a top 10 quarterback. Let's see if, Fink can, let's yeah. see if Fink can win some games here. Oh, you know? man, and, and Jeff, you, uh, you picked up Barkley in the right week, man. Yes, I did. We'll talk about that later in the matchups. Yes, but holy crap! Who's he playing? <laughs> Fucking Vegas. Hey, you got Houston. Oh, Houston. Oh man, that's tough. All right, let's move on into our fortune tellers. So I can begin, and I'm going to start with Damian Pierce. Piercing the Giants' defense. There you go. That was <laughs> way better than the last couple of things you said. <laughs> <laughs> Piercing through. The skin of the Giants defense, dropping 25 points in fantasy. Fink's new addition, Damian Pierce, will be going against his own team in the New York Giants. In New York, for that matter. And uh, I have I have Damian Pierce doing very well. You know, Damian Pierce has been very solid this year. Uh, definitely one of the, you know, as we've talked about in the previous podcast, one of the rookies to be sought after. Um, through the first 10 weeks or through the first nine weeks, you know, just the last three, he's dropped 15, 13, 15. He had, and before that, 18, 27, 19, you know, um, ever since he finally started getting the ball a lot more than Rex Burkhead, he's just been lighting it up with double digit scores or double digit touch or double digit fantasy points, might I say, um, you know, doing work both in the rushing and receiving game. I really like this kid, even though he's probably older than me. And uh, he's going against New York this week. Although New York's defense has been solid, I think the Texans will lean on the rush at least to start the game. And some holes will open up for Pierce. You know? What do you guys think of that? Um, I got to disagree with you. He's very good. Um but he gets very few receptions, which is huge for a running back, scoring 25-plus points in a PPR. Um, he's also on a weak offense. Can I, can I add something? Yeah. This is this is surprising. I'm looking at this right now. He had 27 carries against Philly. That is a little 
surprising. That is, that is very but surprising. They're, they're so they ball. really yeah. did look to lean on the run but there. Philly also let them in the game a little bit longer than they maybe should have been. Maybe. Um, or maybe, you know, the Houston the offense just played well. Not, yeah. I don't think it's the strongest offense. I think Pierce is going to be hard-pressed to hit that mark. I think he's yeah. consistently very good, but I don't know, about 25. He had 139 yards, scored 15 fantasy points. Had he fallen forward on one of his plays, he would have gotten 16 fantasy points. But, true. you know, if he gets in the end zone, that's 20-plus. I think in order for him to hit 25 this week, he would have to score two score, touchdowns. You have to score at least one touchdown, and he would have to get a little more involved in the receiving game. If yeah, you look last at, game. If you look at uh, yeah, his last game, he had zero targets. Um Going back and looking at his game log, he has eclipsed 20 points just once. It was 27 points against the Chargers, and in that game he scored a touchdown and had a season high in targets and receptions with six of each. Mm. So in a PPR league, um, I think for him to hit 25, he's going to have to rush for probably 100 yards, which he's done twice. He's probably going to have to get into the end zone, which he's done three times, and he's probably going to have to catch some passes. So I'm not saying it's impossible. I would say it's probably not likely, but... I, I like the I like the confidence in the in the play. Well, fuck you guys. I'm gonna <laughs> wow. stick with my fortune. That's fine. Fortune cookies. <laughs> At Fink. There's a Fink's one. All right, I think we can move on then. Drew, what do you got cooking? If you think you're so confident, uh, I'm not so confident, but I'm just gonna go with go with uh, you know something to something to look at. All right. I think that Dalvin Cook is going to reach 100 rushing yards this game. It would be the second time he's done it on the season. Uh, so usually we're used to seeing Dalvin hit that mark quite a bit. This year hasn't been hasn't been amazing for Cook. He's still been a top 15 running back in our league, but um, the rushing hasn't quite been there. 100 yards uh, going against the Bills defense, who has been very solid. So it's kind of like your take where it's, it's it's a little bit of a a hot take I th- I would think but here's here's where I'm thinking from this so the Bills have been a very good rushing defense all year long the last two weeks haven't been great for them though if you go back two weeks ago they played the Packers Aaron Jones was 20 carries for 143 yards AJ Dillon had 11 carries for 34 yards nobody else had any rush attempts in that game so that comes out to 31 carries for 208 yards. Averaging 6.7 yards per carry. Uh, and then you go to last week, Michael Carter had 12 carries for 76 yards. James Robinson had 13 carries for 48 yards. Uh, there were a few other rushing attempts in there. I'm not sure exactly by who, but it came out to 34 rushes for 174 yards at 5.1 yards per carry. Uh, 208 rushing yards and two and 174 rushing yards were the two highest rushing games against the Bills defense this past year. Uh, so if you're looking at recent trends, their rush defense all of a sudden looks a little weaker than it has been uh, throughout the season. And the the Vikings are a team that, that does use multiple running backs. Alexander Madison is a, is a talented backup. Um, but if you if you tell me that the, the Vikings are going to hit, you know, 174 rushing yards or 208 rushing yards, maybe they don't. But if they do... I would imagine that at least 100 of those come from Dalvin Cook. Hmm. Another thing to keep in mind is that uh, for this week, again, we're recording on Wednesday night, so we don't have all the information yet, 
Josh Allen missed practice today. Yeah. He's dealing with a little bit of an elbow issue, and if he doesn't play, i got to imagine the Vikings will be up in that game and will be running the ball a lot. Yeah. You like that? They will be playing if if Allen misses. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I'll give it to you. If Allen misses, the Bills will be quarterbacked by former Vikings legend Case Keenum. I thought you were going to say Sam Bradford. No, 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 no. Case Keenum <laughs> was the quarterback when they went to the NFC Championship game and got spanked by the birds. But I think that the 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 chance that Allen doesn't play and the Vikings run the ball a lot more with a lead, uh, they're the Bills' last two weeks having a somewhat weak rush defense. I think that, that Cook comes through, and, you know, if he doesn't get into the end zone or doesn't catch a lot of passes, maybe it won't be an exploding kind of fantasy day. But I think 100 rushing yards is is definitely attainable this week for Devin Cook. For sure. You for know, sure. I was going to disagree with you before you started talking. <laughs> <laughs> You've convinced me otherwise. I, my notes are all useless now. That's it. I agree. Good take. I already, good, I already placed $10 on that. <laughs> Go FanDuel, bro. <laughs> um, I actually I actually uh, parlayed the Vikings and Eagles this week because the Vikings, as of this morning, were like plus 150. Mm. If Josh Allen doesn't play, i got to imagine the Vikings are favored, right? You would think. You would think. You would think. They've only yeah, lost I mean, one game. Yeah, they, they're killing it. I'm, I'm pulling up the odds right now. To see you know, I, I want to agree with you. However, the Bills even is very good. But Dalvin Cook does get used a lot, both in the rushing and passing game. You saw he had a beautiful receiving touchdown last game. Um, I would agree with 100 scrimmage yards because I think he could be effective in the passing game this week with um, a, tougher, a tougher defense, one of the toughest in the league. Rushing yards last week, he had 17 carries on 47 yards against the Commanders. Even though their their front seven solid, but like the Bills' did, front seven is just as solid, if not better. Yeah. Um, are the Commanders still without Chase Young? They activated him to to practice. I'm not sure they elevated okay. him to the actual roster though okay. yet. R- regardless, they're even without him. Their front seven has been solid, but you know, I don't I don't think uh, I don't, I don't see him doing much better in the rushing game. Than he did against uh, Washington. Um, considering they are both away games, you know, and the Vikings are—they're going to have to pass the ball to beat the Bills. You saw what the Jets were doing. Um, well, the the Jets had 174 rushing yards last game. Oh, you did say that. Yeah, we'll see. You and know? and the 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 top the top guy was 76, which you know I'm yeah. saying Dalvin. I'm Dalvin's saying, I'm saying one person anyone. will get 100. That's Certainly it's, far from a guarantee. No, dude, it's Kirk Cousins. He's going to kill it on the ground this week. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Alexander Madison. But, sure, if you want to go that way. Um, well, well, yeah, we'll see how that goes. It's not a bad take because Dalvin Cook is more than capable of doing that. Um, are we all good with that one? Anyway? Yeah. yeah. Did you find, the, you find those odds? Or? They don't have player props yet. Oh, uh, it's too, too early in the week. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, my fortune teller this week is Miles Sanders, seven points or less. Um, last time he played Washington, he put up five points. I think that's his season low. I'm not sure, though. Uh, yes, it is. Now, they kept his yards per attempt at around three. I think it was 3.1, which was also one of his low marks of the season. His longest run was only 13 yards. Um, Who's this? Miles Sanders against Commanders. They played the Commanders back in week three. three. Yards per rush. 
Yeah. In week three, he did. He was 15 Oh, week three oh, against Washington. Right, okay, right. okay, okay, okay. Um, he did still get 15 touches, which or 15 rushing attempts, which isn't terrible. He also had a, one of his four points on a reception that was for negative two yards. Mm. Um, so it wasn't like the volume was completely gone for him. I just think Washington made it a point to shut down the run game. I see that happening again. They have a solid run defense. Um, As we said from our last discussion, Seb just brought up that the commanders held Dalvin Cook to 17 for 46 last week. So their rush yeah. defense might be pretty solid. 47. 47, sorry. Yeah. So I'm is calling a, Miles Sanders. A yard is a big less. deal in this league. Seven or less. I don't mind that one, Maybe Jeff. Maybe next year with decimals. Maybe next year. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about it. Anyway, yeah, Jeff, I don't I don't mind that one. Um uh, I think it also comes down to when they played Washington in week three, they had a huge first half that didn't involve Sanders a whole lot. And then as the game went on, I want to say they used a lot of uh, Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott. So, I, yeah, I, I, I don't mind that take. Miles Sanders has been pretty solid as of late, the last three games, 14, 13, 15 in terms of fantasy points. But, no, I, I see where you're coming from. I don't mind that. So, really, it's a whole different team, right? Um, you have, like, the quarterback sets the narrative there. You have a whole, you have fucking Heineke That's instead true. of Wentz. That's true. You know, like that. Uh, Heineke is better than Wentz. I'm sorry. He maybe not t- more talented, but he's a better quarterback in the NFL than Carson Wentz. I don't think either of them should be starting quarterbacks. But dude, I don't, dude, Heineke, he was up seventeen to seven on a one loss team. Until, like, sometime late third quarter, they, like, the Vikings did make a 10-point comeback, and they ended up winning. But, like, Heineke was playing very well against the Vikings, a one-loss team. Yeah. Who says he can't do the true. same thing against Philly? 149 right? passing yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. The, it's, it's fine. I'm saying, I'm And the saying pick didn't come until they were, like, the fourth quarter, until okay. they were starting to lose again. But, like, like, yeah, everything went south for the commanders in the fourth quarter. But... The first three quarters, they were up seventeen to seven against a good team. And like the quarterback, the way he plays on offense changes how the defense does. The Commanders' defense has been playing better with Heineke under this under center. <clears throat> I think. Um, I just think, you know, it's going to be a whole different game. You can't. It's hard to compare it to the Wentz versus Philly week three. You know. A lot has changed since then. The com- that's fair. That's fair. Um, however, Philly's still the nine eight and zero team that we know. Yeah, they're still they're still fucking killing it. They're going against the Commanders, a three two win team. Well, they're four and five. Four. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, they're four and five. If they would if they would pulled it out against the Vikings, they would yeah. be five and four. That's crazy. Yeah, because I think when Wentz went down, they only had two wins, right? Heineke's been playing solid. Yeah. Um, Wentz, Wentz is regardless, from what I've seen, even in their last loss, Heineke was still playing solid. The numbers may not reflect it. You can look at Jimmy G. The numbers may not reflect it, but he wins games. The fucking record shows Heineke winning games this year um, for the Commanders. I think uh, it's going to be a whole different game. If Heineke plays well, scores a couple touchdowns, gets... Maybe he doesn't score them, but gets the offense to score a couple touchdowns within the first two quarters. You know, I think uh, he can put a lot, a lot of pressure on Philly, and I think you might be right. Like the Philly may have to pass a lot more 
You could see AJ Brown having a, a great game. You could, but I don't. I don't know if they're going to lean on the run. This is going to be. It's going to be a tough game. Heineke yeah. is tough to get out of. Uh, I think. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I dude Heineke. You know, like he he almost fucking beat the. Imagine if he beat the Buccaneers in the playoffs last year. It would've been fucking crazy. You know, he was yeah. so close to doing it. And Philly, uh, probably better than the Buccaneers were last year. Was that Buccaneers Washington? Their I think that Buccaneers Washington game was two years ago. Was that two years? No, I think sure. I think no. it was. No, no, because the following year, the following game, the Buccaneers lost. That was two years uh, ago. The Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. I know. I think that was. I think that game oh. happened when they won the Super Bowl. No shot. I'll look it up. Let's find out. Um, we'll have Drew on that for you moment, momentarily. Um, man. These IPAs are getting me. Yeah, that was two playoffs ago. Okay, two playoffs ago. Yeah, last year was the Fitzmagic year, wasn't it? Yeah, he uh, got hurt in the first game, and then Heineke played the rest of the season. The entire season? I believe so. Okay, well, you know, Heineke has that second-string mentality, which I think is better than Wentz's first-string mentality. Um <laughs> Wentz had a few great games this year, but it was only against the shitty defenses. We haven't seen him play well against the bad, bad defenses. And although Heineke, you know, fantasy wise, like he still dropped like sixteen or something in fantasy this week, but he almost beat the Vikings. Like yeah. in reality, NFL football, he almost beat the Vikings. So I think, as I was saying before, the whole game is different with Heineke on the field over Wentz. Um, I think Wentz as you've been preaching. Wentz has, like, no confidence, especially when one drive goes bad. I've kind of changed my mind. I think he's faking the no confidence. That guy watched Blue Mountain State said, I want to be a backup quarterback. He <laughs> went for it. He really went for it. I respect him for it. Once <laughs> he realized that he was worse than Nick Foles? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> for real. Um, yeah, so... I think the game will be entirely different with the different commanders quarterback. And I think that could result in Miles Sanders not doing that great. So I second your take there, Jeff. Thank you. Drew, did you have a Yeah, we already I already All right. talked about You know what time it is. Matchup time? Matchup time. It is time to dive in to the Nandez Boys League matchups for Week 10. And we got five great games here. You know what we're going to start with? We're going to start with... What's that? What are we going to start with? We're going to start with Jahans Watson versus Olave Garden. Drew versus Sebs. Okay. Let's get right into it. So, from top to bottom. Would you take first or last since I'm the kind of impartial party here? Um, you're going to go last. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, let's get into it. You know, we got Drew's team 
the gold standard, Jalen Hurts at quarterback, Travis Etienne, Derrick Henry, and at the flex, Christian McCaffrey. Those are his three running backs. Suck it or leave it. (laughs) (laughs) At receiver, you got Tyler Lockett and and A.J. Brown, and that tight end rounding out the team, Kyle Pitts, who's coming off a couple good weeks. Was it a couple? Last week wasn't good. He just kind of... Two weeks ago, got like 19 or something. Yeah, there you, there go. you go. And they're playing the Panthers again. And they're playing the Panthers again. On the other side, the better team. You got Jimmy G in that quarterback. Just picked him up this week. You got Najee Harris and Deonta Foreman. <laughs> <laughs> At receiver, the best receiver core in the league. DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Olave at Flex, Jerry Judy, and at tight end, coming off the bye week, George Kittle. So, I'll go first. I think I'm going to fucking destroy you. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. You guys played week one, right? We did play in week one, and I did come out on top. Okay. It was like 100 to 93 or something. We combined for less than 200 points. (laughs) We did, we did. Um, However, Drew has made some trades. I've made some trades. The teams are a lot different this time around. Chris Olave is actually the number one receiver in New Orleans. Hopkins is back. Drew now has Derrick Henry and Travis Etienne. You know. We'll see how it goes. I'm taking Drew's team here, but... What? I've been the... I've been... Hey, hey. I've been the underdog like the last five weeks. You and I'm, off, you let off with I'm going to fucking destroy you. I, that was a joke. That was a joke. Come on. <laughs> Uh, I, like, if I'm putting money down, like, dude, ESPN has it 68 to 32 for the percentages. Yeah. Like, I got to put money on Drew here. But, you know, I've been the underdog, like, the past five weeks, and I'm 5-4 and four right now. So, I don't mind playing playing from the bottom, you know? Okay. <laughs> 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 All right, Drew, go ahead. Uh, yeah, um, I, I like where I'm at this week, um, you can't bet against yourself, can you? Well, I'm not going to this week, no. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) you, you did, you did beat me in week one, I feel like you've had my number, uh, pretty recently, except for, did I beat you in the playoffs last year? Last year, you were in the finals against who? Jordan. I was the, f- I was the, f- I know I, I beat. Well, Jordan was the three. I you played. Know. Do you remember if me you and Jack? Jack? Were, me and Jack were the top two seeds. Top two seeds. So oh, I, oh, so I did play you. Because Jordan would have beat Jack, and I beat you, and then yeah, Jordan yeah. whooped up on me in the championship. Damn. Yeah. I, I beat Jack in the, <laughs> in the third that's, place matchup. That's the important. That is a money back, bro. There, there you go. Um. But yeah, you know, yeah, I, I I like I like my matchups this week. Etn going against Kansas City, I, I like that a lot. Uh, Kansas City's rush defense has not been very good on the season. Hey, <laughs> not cool, man. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but it's true. It's true. Uh, I like that uh, Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, and the Eagles defense. Dude, all yeah, that defense. On that defense night. is so fucking young, Kansas City. It's younger than the age of fucking consent, dude. Uh, and not that, not that I really 
believe, or I guess I, I'm not, I'm not going to say I don't believe it. Not that I care a whole lot because, you know, I'm, I'm not the not the most kicker-friendly guy. But you're missing Justin Tucker this week. I am. That's and... actually huge for me. <laughs> <laughs> and Jason Myers is the number two kicker. On hey, I like Cairo, San- Cairo Sanders is the guy I picked up. Yeah, I like him. Former chief. Former chief. Yeah, there you go. And, I mean, he's ranked 13, but <laughs> he missed a game. And what, first, what team he first game with? was negative one. Other than that, he's oh, been yeah. okay. He's been all right. Um, and he's playing Detroit this week. So maybe Chicago pops off. Maybe Justin Fields does good, as he has been recently. And maybe Cairo Santos gets, like, four extra points in a field goal. You know? Maybe. Couldn't complain about that. That's... Absolutely not. But... But the same could be said for Myers. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Myers playing Tampa Bay. Maybe this is the week that Tampa Bay turns it around. Well, I feel like I almost like my kicker playing a good defense more because they're more likely to get shut down to in get, field goal yeah, range. Yeah, maybe that's true. Maybe um, that's true. But Detroit did limit Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to nine true. points. That's true. Even though they haven't been that great, they're better than nine points against a, a yeah. bad defense. Yeah. So yeah, I mean we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Sorry to interrupt your take, Drew. No, it's it's all good. I pardon my take. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pick myself and yeah. hopefully break this tie that me, you, and Mason are at at five and four. I I want I want to say I like I like Najee against New Orleans and I like Deonta against Atlanta, um, and I think Jimmy G will come in and put up. The consistent numbers he has been putting up. Yeah, I would. Against, I would honestly say Garoppolo puts puts up more than he's projected. In the one week where Jalen Hurts had his buy, I picked him up. He was only projected like seventeen. I think he had twenty two or yeah. twenty three. Like he's he's a yeah. solid streamer. No, he definitely, especially in that new offense. Jeff, what are your thoughts? So I could go through and talk about how good every one of Drew's players are and how every one of Seb's players are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. Dick. <laughs> I don't see any outcome where I win. Yeah. I, Ooh. I, don't know I like the sound of that. I am not willing to go that far, but I, I on the other hand, I, I know he's playing Atlanta, but I don't love Gorman this week. Okay. That's um, fine. especially I mean, is Hubbard gonna be back this week? Uh, questionable right now, but okay. I'm sure Foreman is still getting. They are the, they are the Thursday game they're carries. playing tomorrow. What's that? They are the Thursday game this week. Mm. Oh, that's a big I deal. Mm. Okay, that could change things. Um, Hopkins and Olave, I like both of them, but I think they're at best a slight, slight. Um, you like Hopkins bit better than Division oh. AJ Brown and uh, Kyle Pitts. Oh, or lock, lock it, it. Lock it. I'm sorry. I appreciate that. Um, Thanks, man. But they need to be more than a slight bit better when you're facing ETN and Henry. That's um, very true. So that I is extremely true. Drew winning this one with his key to victory being his absolutely overwhelming running back core. Yeah. But, dude, Najee's due. Okay. Najee's due for a big game. Maybe it happens this week against New Orleans. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't happen at all. All right. Next matchup. <laughs> We're sliding over. We're going into Butker. I hardly know her. 
versus or that's Jack at what's his record like three, three and, and something six. three and six fucking trash <laughs> <laughs> versus my dig small oh by the way Drew and I are both five and four if you guys were wondering and Ben my dig small at what six and something seven, seven and two seven and two <clears throat> from top to bottom Jack's got Tua Leonard Fournette Aaron Jones CD Lamb CD's nuts Mike Evans, <laughs> TJ Hawkinson at tight end, and Terrence Marshall Jr. in at the flex. Very questionable. Had a good week last week, but, you know, going against Atlanta, so maybe he's in uh, he's in play for another good one. On the other side, Ben has Kyler Murray. Very questionable this week. Call of Duty just came out, so we'll see how that goes. Oh, shit. Yeah, dude. <laughs> maybe not the guy to start. <laughs> On the road against Los Angeles. Oh no! Like, it's on the road. He, he doesn't feel like bringing his console. Dude, I think he's bringing the console. No, 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 no. He's playing mobile. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's got. He's got his switch. <laughs> I wish Switch had a fucking Call of Duty. Um, he's down the line, Montgomery and Sanders at the running back positions, and the elite dual receiver core: Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, Dallas Goddard coming off a big game. At tight end and Terry McLaurin at flex. So what are we thinking here? You know, looking the first look here, I'd say Ben's got him at receiver, like every game. Yeah. Um, even his flex McLaurin is better than Terrence Marshall. However, so. Aaron Jones coming off a of not a great game. I think he had like twenty five yards on the ground, six fantasy points. He got a little uh, banged up in that game as well. Mm, is that gonna be an because is that gonna impact this week? Um He is questionable. He is questionable. He was limited in practice as of Wednesday. Who has AJ Dalton? I mean AJ Dill Dillon. Jack. Jack oh, okay, there you go. Honestly for no Jack problem. it might be better if Aaron yeah. Jones just doesn't play. That, that would <laughs> definitely Dillon would have the back of him, so Exactly. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, and so let's say let's say that happens. Let's say Aaron Jones doesn't play. He has AJ Dillon and Leonard Fournette. I'd say that's a pretty solid backfield against Montgomery and Sanders. That who Stevens buy is gonna you, hurt. Yeah, Ramondre oh, Stevenson shit. on a buy. That's a that's a big one. Him. Damn, Stevenson's dude. been awesome. Yeah, Stevenson has been awesome. He's been three headed monster, dude. He's been fucking killing it, man. Where's the third head? <laughs> All right, just okay. Let me let me vibe here. I'm just, I'm just joking. All right, well, you know, Ramondre, he is without his his number one running back, and probably the number one running back on a lot of fantasy teams um, that drafted two receivers in the in the first two rounds, right? Um, I'd say uh, Jack wins that quarterback with two. Uh, my initial t- – I'm going Jack here. I'm going Jack. I think he gets a big flex play versus Atlanta. Last game it was – they both scored over 30, both teams. So, I think I think he's – Terrence Marshall is going to get a good bit of targets, good bit of catches. Tua is going to pop off against Cleveland, and uh, his, his running backs are going to do very well. Uh, looking at this one, um, I do like that, that Jack is, is – Confidently now going with Tua. He's benching Justin Herbert. He hasn't really done that. Dude, I would. 
Oh, without Herbert, without his weapons, has not been exactly. very good. Yeah, that's the, that's the main thing. Uh, yeah. Herbert is the quarterback twelve on the year, but last four weeks 16 7 22 13 in terms of fantasy points not he has great. had his bye Tua has not well I it also I mean Tua since coming back from those injuries and he has those crazy weapons too like Tua has the potential to, to put up you could have games. a 60 yard touchdown any play exactly yeah. any yeah. play exactly the, you cannot say the same could thing happen multiple times a game yeah and exactly it probably has happened multiple it times has. a game it just has but yeah, Herbert can't say the same. Um, you know, he's got to work to get in the end zone, in the red zone and score from there. I think in a, a potentially underlooked part of of Cardwell's team this week is he has the Dallas defense, who is the, currently the number two defense in fantasy on the season, going against the Green Bay Packers. And in recent years, the Green Bay Packers are not a, a team you want to start your defense against. But I think the Detroit Lions had a good fantasy defense against or fantasy defensive game against. The Packers last they year. Did. The Packers or the last week. The Packers are a mess right now. Uh, so the way Dallas' defense is, is playing, they've had double digits in wow, at all but two games. They've had double digit fantasy points. I would expect that to That's continue. That's pretty this killer. Game. I would expect that to continue. This was one of them Philly the single digits. Yes. Yeah. Tampa no, Bay yeah. and Philly. Okay. They've had double digits against Cincinnati, the Giants, Commanders. 24 against the Rams, 22 against the the Lions, and ten, they still had 10 against. Oh, okay, yeah, that wasn't last week because they had a bye last week, but they still had 10 points against the Bears on a week where Justin Fields had a huge game. Yeah. Now they did score a touchdown in that game, so that's part of that. But I think the I think the the Dallas defense is going to be big for Cardwell. Obviously, Cardwell's floor it seems very low or very high with. Cup and Diggs, and man in his lineup, and I will give uh, a little shout out to Cardwell here. He's starting Matt Wright, the LS grad, hey. back with the Steelers no this way. week. Back with the Steelers this week as the starting uh-huh. kicker. Hey, I'm friends with him on Facebook. I am friends with Matt Wright on <laughs> Facebook. Fuck yeah, dude. So I'm pretty much in the NFL. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, looking at looking at the the, the matchup across. It is really tough to pick against Cardwell. He's had a, a very good season so far. Jack's been struggling, had a really bad week last week. I think I'm going to go Cardwell here, but this is one of those where when the write-up comes out, it could be different, and this could be a, a very close game in, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's it could definitely probably going to be very close. ESPN has 54% in Cardwell's favor versus 46. And I think uh, Jack's projections are a little low. I mean, his, his team is better than his record reflects. You could say that about a lot of people, pretty much everyone except me. But, <laughs> like, um, you know, I yeah, it, it could go either way. Jeff. Um, there are a few parts of Jack's team I'm really liking this week. Marshall Jr. Um, against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He's been doing pretty well without McCaffrey there. Right. I don't think those are fluke games. I think he's actually just stepping it up. I think that's the Panthers' taking... offense, you know, throwing it to their receivers more, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, Hawkinson also settling in very well in Minnesota. Yeah. Quicker than I expected. Yeah. Um, I like him to keep doing that going forward. Um, you know, Kirk Aaron likes Jones, his Wapbors. 
Aaron Jones. Wait, what did you say? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think if Aaron Jones plays, Jack wins this week. You it's think? Key to victory being Aaron Jones being actually healthy and not okay. just like. What if he's limited? limited. That's worst and then case AJ scenario. Dillon on That's his bench case pops. Um, That's tough. So if <clears throat> if uh, Aaron Jones is questionable, like on Sunday, su- when I'm are they playing? They're playing it? Sunday at 4. Let's say 1 o'clock. Aaron Jones is still questionable. And then they make the game game time decision around two o'clock. Aaron Jones will play. Does Jack start AJ Dillon? Jack, you better be fucking listening. Jeff, what's your take? Let me look at Dillon's score, his game log. Dillon has not been great yeah, this start, year. I'm starting Jones. If Jones is playing, I'm starting Jones. Yeah, Jones has been inconsistent, but is currently ranked as the running back ten. Jones's upside is, is higher than, than Dylan's. If they're both active and as long as as long as reports aren't coming out that Jones will be active but he'll have a limited role, that's where you're concerned. If Jones is active and they're like, Yep, he's he's active, he's it's just AJ Dylan's talented. He is. What the fuck is up with him? So is Aaron Rodgers and look what that's that offense is a mess. Hey, yeah. I mean, Rodgers' fantasy numbers aren't that tragic. But like Aaron Jones had double digit digits in week one, scoring nineteen. Ever since then, Season high is nine. You mean Dylan? AJ Dylan, yeah. Okay. Did, I, did I say Aaron Jones? I think, but I'm not sure. Well, AJ Dylan scored 19 in week one. Since then, his season high is nine fantasy points. Yeah. Ridiculous. Because I think he is much more talented than that. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, definitely not getting as many looks, and maybe he needs the he needs more looks to get more momentum. You know. But it seems like Aaron Jones is their guy, especially this year. Last year, Dylan had more carries and more yards. Um, we're not seeing the same thing this year. There's got to be something that the uh, the Packers are seeing in practice, you know, and on a like just on a day to day basis. But uh, if Aaron Jones is out this week, let's. I mean, you know. I'm praying for Aaron for AJ Dillon to get it going because I think he deserves a week where he's the sole guy in the backfield. Like a lot of like Kenyon Drake this past Monday, he was the sole guy and mm-hmm. he puts up 25 fantasy points. Looks great for Baltimore. Yeah. If AJ Dillon gets a week like that, you know, I think he could kind of get a, a little spark going for the Packers offense. Yeah. You know, like yeah. sometimes like you need an individual running back to get 20 carries. Yeah. In a like. If you're if you're running a committee, you need one of those guys to kind of just step like, in, take twenty carries, get a spark going for the offense because momentum is a thing right. in the NFL. Like you can't tell me a committee of running backs gets their team hyped up. Yeah, the way dude. That Derrick Henry does. Like, dude, for... guy runs, comes in, oh, 20 yard rush. You're coming out, man. Yeah. Yeah, we're sending in the next guy, and then we have a third guy too. We want him to get reps because we think he can be good next season. No, dude, that guy that just got twenty, keep him the fuck in. Like, see what he can do for, like, a whole quarter and a half. Like, Don't fucking change him out. When Drew and Mark used to rotate in high school football, it pissed me off. I was like, these guys are fucking pussies. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, for real. I don't know. Because you see DeAnta Foreman come in one week without Chubba Hubbard, drops 33 fantasy points, and then the following week they're back to a committee. Had they gone to a committee, had they... 
not been down to I mean that's the whole analytics thing but I don't know I just think uh committees are a little overrated in the NFL sometimes you just need if you have a young running back that can fucking that can fucking plow ahead you fucking play that guy if he's hot longevity in yeah you gotta have guys for a season there's not a whole lot of guys that can take that's true that that workload that's very true not everyone is I would say Derrick Henry but he got hurt last year (laughs) I don't know. All right. Let's move on. Ben and Jack, I'm 50-50. You heard your takes from Drew and Jeff. Uh, third matchup of the night. We got Debo Samuel Crabtree. Probably going to change his name this week. What's Mr. Fink at 0-9. <laughs> Versus Let Me Burrow This Win. Jake, who is currently sitting at 7-1-1. Uh, Jake playing into the, the recent trade there with his name, it seems. Yes. So from the top, Fink got his new addition of Geno Smith and Damian Pierce at running back with returning Jeff Wilson. Cortland Sutton and Amon Ra St. Brown, also a new addition at the receiving core. Darren Waller, hopefully he's back this week at tight end. And Devontae Smith, who's been struggling a little bit, but Fink's going to roll with him at flex. On the other side, for Jake, we got Terrence... Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I wish his name was Terrence Lawrence. That'd be so cool. <laughs> we got Trevor Lawrence in that quarterback against Kansas City. Austin Eckler and Josh, Josh Jacobs rock in the backfield. Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, contender for best receiving duo of, uh, of the season. Um, Greg Dulcich for the Denver Broncos at tight end. And DK Metcalf, a new insert in the starting lineup with Amari Cooper being sent over to the Mason. <laughs> the Mason. So, looking through, I'm just going to say it. I think Jake's going to win. You guys can give your takes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I would be. it would be nice for Jake if his uh, new trade for Joe Burrow would be able to play this week. Unfortunately for him, he is on a bye. Austin Eckler in the lineup has been phenomenal. He is the RB1 on the season. Uh, he has yet to score below 23 fantasy points since week three. After those first three weeks, he's just been crazy involved. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams out of the lineup. He just gets so many targets. His last three games, 16, 12, and 9 for targets. Josh Jacobs has been playing pretty solid the last two weeks are a little off of that off of that three week stretch where he was in the 30s for three straight weeks just seven points and 11 points the last two going against the Colts we already talked about the Colts and the uh, Raiders matchup where the Raiders should come out really ready to hammer the Colts with you know the Colts having Jeff Saturday up at the head coach Um, Greg Dulcich at tight end has been has been very very good for Jake. He's was a, a really nice pickup for for him. The rookie playing pretty well. Uh, Fink going with Geno Smith. I I do like that for his team. His, Russell Wilson was not it. I, I must say, like after that trade he made, giving getting rid of Saquon, we said earlier in uh, Deal or No Deal that uh, the the trade looked good for Fink, or looked good for both sides, but. Fink's team looks better after that trade, just overall. Gave up some with, star power, but Amon Ra filled, filled it out a little you bit. You know, he filled like out a better roster. quarterback. His team looks better. And Jeff, like, and, and Jeff Wilson looked good in his first game as a Dolphin. Yeah. Mm. 
He had nine carries for 51 yards, three catches for 21 and a score. He had yeah. 16 fantasy points. That's very good. Uh, I think that might hurt Raheem Mostert down the stretch. I think Jeff Wilson still has some has some burst, sure. has some juice. The good old committee. Very very familiar with the system as we as we talked about last week. Fink's looking for Cortland Sutton to get back on track. A couple of really rough weeks in a row. I'm on St. Brown. Darren Waller, hopefully back in the starting line for Fink. It's it's been a really rough stretch for for having Waller on on your team. And Devontae Smith is gonna bounce back here. I I really believe it. Two back to back weeks with single digits. Um he's too talented and too much of a part of this offense to to continue to struggle. So I, I do like that there. But yeah, Sebs, I'm with you. I, I have Jake's team uh, with with Eckler playing as he's been playing. And that and receiving court is still underrated. Is nuts. Yeah. It's insane. And DK Metcalf at the flex. And yeah. While Metcalf isn't quite what he was last year, he's playing pretty well. That's unreal. So yeah, I, I like I like Jake this week. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna start by giving Fink some advice. Now, this is just my opinion. Yeah. I'd bench Sutton. <clears throat> yeah. Assuming Lazard is healthy, I'd start Lazard over Sutton. Mm, yeah, um, that may be the look. I was trying to get Lazard today, as Fink knows. I think Lazard is definitely the guy to go with over Sutton, assuming they're both healthy. So Sutton's um, just out, even though I'm pretty sure he's still ranked in the top 20. Oh shit! Thirty six. Sutton, 36. Fell, off. Sutton yeah. fell off. He had a, he was. Uh, Jerry Judy's been the man, Drew. Jerry Judy. Hey. I So we'll see how those draft picks work out moving forward. Hey, I I did exactly what I needed to do. He's a top ten receiver when I traded him. That's very true. Yeah, you you definitely there you go. <laughs> um also I'd get rid of Waller. I'd pick a guy up off the free agency. Really? Um, Kate Otten. I was just looking at him. His name's close to Cotton, which is pretty cool. And then he's getting solid targets. Like <laughs> um, C Otten. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm serious. If I if I were think I would go up and pick K Dotten up right now. Um, you better listen to this before someone. Are you else saying he should go pick Cotton? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Jake uh, Steve is just um, it's just good, you know. Like, yeah, Jake's team top to bottom very good <laughs> it, it does suck that he has to settle for lawrence this week over burrow but his weakest part otherwise being maybe dulcich it's a great filled out team some stars and no real weak spots i do like jake in this week with his key to victory being his stars doing what they do <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next matchup. <laughs> we have uh, Joe Mixon Bowl, Jordan's team, sitting at 1-8 and eight versus Mater Bader 3000. <laughs> Jeff's sitting at the top of the standings at 7-1-1. One, and one. Uh, Seb, do you want to break down the who's on each side? Yes, I can surely do that, and I'm going to start with Jeff's team because I love his quarterback. P-Money Mahomes, MV Pat versus Jacksonville. In the backfield, we got Nicholas Chubb and Saquon Barkley. Joshua Palmer, who's been good as of late with the absence of Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Debo Samuel, his newest addition, along with Travis Kelsey at tight end and Michael Pittman Jr. 
at Flex. Subject on, to change. S- subject to change. Interesting. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Got to say, Darnell Mooning is on his bench. He's probably the maybe. We'll see. He's we'll in, see. He's in consideration. He's in consideration. There you go. So on the other side, Josh Allen, the best quarterback in fantasy football as of today. Alvin Kamara and Raheem Mostert rocking the backfield. With uh, we have to say Joe Mixon is on bye this week, which is unfortunate for Jordan. But um, moving forward at receiver, you got Chris Godwin and Adam Thielen and Evan Ingram, who only put up one point last week, but he's going against Kansas City this week, so we'll see how that goes. And Gabe Danis, um, <clears throat> at that the flex position. So you know you got the Josh Allen Gabe Danis combo there. For with some potential touchdown scorage. However, Joe Mixon being out is huge for Jordan, considering he has Mostert, who's been getting some carries taken away from him um, by Jeff Wilson. You know, this this week, he had his lowest number in um, attempts uh, since week three with nine points, or with nine attempts. Which is very concerning uh, for for Jordan and Raheem Mostert uh, moving forward with Jeff Wilson, you know, coming in and kind of taking over last week, um, and his receivers very mediocre with Chris Godwin and Adam Thielen on the other side. With Jeff, you got uh, Josh Palmer who's been putting it up, and Debo Samuel who hopefully, if he's fully healthy this week, can finally go back to being Debo Samuel. Um, as of right now, I'm going with Jeff. Jeff as the uh, currently the highest ranking team in our league this year. He's got Patrick Ma- Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey against Jacksonville. I think that that'll be huge for him for this week. Yeah, uh, I I like Jeff this week as well. Another thing that we had mentioned earlier is that Josh Allen is questionable. If he doesn't play, then Jordan will be rolling with Tom Brady against Seattle in the Germany game this week. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, we got one in Germany at uh, 9.30 a.m., so... Well, that's also not good for Jordan. Ich liebe dich. <laughs> that, wow. Yeah, that's German right there. That actually is true. If Josh Allen isn't quite ruled out by Sunday morning, that'll be interesting to see what, what Jordan does there. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think that Jeff has a, a really nice uh, running back core now with Chubb and Barkley. Like Seb said, Palmer's been playing well with the lack of weapons there in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, I overall just I, I like I like Jeff this week. Um, Jordan, sorry, sorry, Jordan. <laughs> Jordan's just a little unlucky this week, as per usual. Um, Mixon's out, Higgins out, Carter's out. Um, oh, and Higgins is out. That's tough. Yeah, he's. Got a lot to overcome. Yeah. Um, me, on the other hand, I'm through my buys. Um, I am picking myself this week. Uh, my key to victory is Debo showing out mm. in his first week wearing the beautiful new Mater Bader 3000 jersey. <laughs> what does that jersey look like? Uh, cum colored. Uh. <laughs> 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 uh. <laughs> nice. Seems like we've covered that one, so we'll move on to our final matchup of of the week. We have Javaris Jamar, Javaris and Lamar, Cam at 
four and five, taking on Brandon McAnus. Mason at five and four. Sebs, what do we got here? All right, we'll start from the top with Cam's team. You got Daniel Jones against Houston at quarterback. You have Kenneth Walker and Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook being his latest addition and a big trade he made earlier with Mason. Mason. This matchup. Wow. There you go. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster and Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk finally coming back to life here. Um, Zach Ertz, his newest tight end edition, and fuck you, Cam, empty flex. <laughs> um, you know, he does have Tyler Boyd on by. He's going to have to choose between Deontay Johnson. Brandon Ayuk. Brandon I- oh, Brandon Ayuk. Will that, probably, was, that, was part, that was part of the trade. That will probably be his guy. Um Especially just to rub it in Mason's face. On the other side, you have the hot Justin Fields coming off a 49-point week this week going against Detroit. You know, another great test for him to see if he can, you know, keep that pizzazz going moving forward. He has DeAndre Swift and Justin Jonathan Taylor in, in the backfield. His newest addition, Jonathan Taylor. He has Jalen Waddle, Justin Jefferson, and Amari Cooper rocking the receiver and flex spot. And Cole Komet at tight end. And that is due to the bye week for Mark Andrews. Um, Jeff, what's your what's your earliest take on this? Uh, Cam's got some tough buys this week with Lamar out. Uh, that's a big one. I mean, Lamar to Daniel Jones. I don't like that. Cam doesn't like that either. Uh <coughs> Fields against Detroit, he's staying hot. Mm-hmm. Um, DeAndre Swift, on the other hand, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's gonna be tough. I you know, Jamal Williams kind of. I don't love it. That whole offense looked terrible last it's, week. Yeah. Oh, I mean, against the, the, against the one uh, Green week Bay. Their yeah. defense does well, and yeah. their offense plays. They like looked dog out shit. hard. They yeah. they they found a way against. The Packers. The Packers. Uh, What are they, three and four, three and five? Not good. Not good. Jonathan Taylor is still questionable. Who knows if he's – I mean, he's – is he – Even if he plays, dude, how is he going to do? Last three Uh, weeks was like single digits, 14 and like five. Ridiculous. He had 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 two injured weeks and then five. That's your first overall pick, ladies and gentlemen. The Raiders have had a – Solid run defense this year. So even if he is at full health, I don't know. Yeah. Um, now we get to his wide receivers, and you know that's where the money's at. We know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am picking Mason in this one. Amari Cooper at his flex being his key to victory. Mm. That's a great flex. Yeah, fantastic. Um, but you know that Zach Ertz Cole Komet differential could be a bigger deal. Than it seems. You think? I think so. You think Cole Komet won't do shit against Detroit? I don't know. I mean, he had a great week last week, 21 yeah. points. But other than that, it's been pretty disappointing for a guy who I personally think is very talented. Yeah. Just hasn't been putting up fantasy numbers this mm-hmm. year. Um, that is a sweet duo, though. We do have Fields, the resurgence. If Fields, can, if Fields can hit him in the end zone a few yeah. times, that's huge. Yeah. Enormous. Yeah, the resurgence of Fields definitely has his stock going sky high. I saw he was picked up in both my other leagues. Um, like not only like not only did he have a good week last week, but I think uh, Fields, you know, um, kind of he's looked more confident 
yeah. fields, and um, I think that says a lot for his receivers. Like Mooney, um, probably being put in the starting position in in at flex at the very least uh, in a lot of leagues. Um, I think we can s- hopefully we can see a lot more from that Bears offense. Right. I mean, maybe hopefully not because fuck Mason, but now if Cam does put Ayuk in, that'll bump his projected up to one fourteen. Which is versus one twenty three. That's nine points less than Mason. It's probably like a fifty five forty five. Something around something, that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, it's a pr- it's gonna be a good game. We're rooting for you, Cam, over here at the Squib Kick. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, Drew, what do you think? Um, yeah, Justin Fields is a great matchup this week. He has been torturing defense the last couple weeks. It seems like Chicago, the coaching staff, has kind of finally figured out how to use him, uh, using him more like a Lamar Jackson, like a Jalen Hurts, where they're just letting him run. He set the single season or single game rushing record at the quarterback position last week. He broke Michael Vick's yeah. record. Yeah, well, was it 178? Fields had 178 rushing yards. Which Insane. Which is the all-time... Uh, regular season rushing record for a quarterback in a game. All you, sorry, time? Sorry wait, 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 wait. All time. All time single regular season re- rushing record for one one game for a quarterback. That's insane. Yeah. Did that you is see what, crazy. Uh, McDaniel said to him. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny as shit. Yeah, the, oh. the Dolphins coach was, was asking him politely to please stop. <laughs> in a post game interview, he's like, I asked him to stop scrambling. And, you know, it was kind of irritating because he didn't take the coach. He just kept doing it. <laughs> so I, I give, I definitely give the the upside and the edge there at, at quarterback to Mason. Daniel Jones, as far as streaming quarterbacks go, not bad. He's, he has rushing upside too. Against Houston. Against Houston. Yeah. So he, he can he can run it against Jacksonville a couple weeks ago. He had 32 fantasy points. So there, there's room there for sure. At running back, I I like Cam's running backs a lot better. I here. agree. Kenneth Walker has been a stud ever since he took the job. So Rashad great. Penny goes out. Kenneth Walker has at least one rushing touchdown in five straight games, and in two, uh, yeah five straight games. In That's two of those insane. games, he has multiple multiple rushing touchdowns. Um, Dalvin Cook, we already talked about him earlier. I think he could have a sneaky good game, getting to 100 rushing yards. DeAndre Swift has been. Tough. I know Chicago is not a very great run defense, but it's been tough to kind of figure out that that line's backfield. Jonathan Taylor, if he doesn't play, I'm assuming Mason will pull um, either either Jamal Williams or Deion Jackson up to take his place. But again, I have no idea what to expect from the Colts whatsoever with Jeff Saturday as head coach. <laughs> the receiving game, as Sebs and Jeff mentioned, Mason's receivers are really, really good here. Waddle's been All fantastic. in the top 12. Waddle's been fantastic. Jefferson, Jefferson's Justin Jefferson. You know, not not much to say about that. Cooper's had a really good season. Hey, he's going against Buffalo this week. I will say, that's what I was going to get at. Yeah. Justin Jefferson is matchup proof. He's yeah. a he's a guy you play every week. But mm-hmm. having Tredavious White, if Tredavious White shadows him, there could there could be... With there, the safety constantly over the top. There could be, there could be a little bit of... I don't think of, he has been entirely matchup proof. I well, mean, every... Every receiver, every okay. receiver has bad games. Look like, at this. Look at this. Well, the only me, single-digit game, that. the only single-digit game he has is against Detroit. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Detroit is terrible. I, I don't, defense. I don't, I don't right. think it's. Uh, I don't really think it's that he's not matchup proof. It's that Kirk Cousins isn't matchup proof. When I when mm, I when I when I said that when I said that Jefferson's matchup proof, I meant more that 
you're never going to sit Justin Jefferson because he's playing a good you defense. Right. He, right. He, plays, he plays against the – Tredavious White is one of the top cornerbacks in the NFL. You're still playing Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Jefferson okay. still should be fine. Maybe he doesn't go for 30 fantasy points, but he should still put up a, a pretty solid game. Minimum double digits. Yeah, yeah Maybe easily. a solid 18. Now, I will I will say that Cam, Cam's receiving core a couple weeks ago was like, oh, geez, who is he going to play? I remember we yeah. had this – we had a whole – we had a whole little debate on which which receiver yeah. should can play. Juju Smith Schuster and uh, Christian Kirk have quietly been turning around. I mean, Christian oh, yeah. Kirk three last four weeks in double digits. Juju Smith Schuster has kind of emerged as that go to second target behind Travis Kelsey for sure. You know, three straight weeks aside from the bye, obviously three straight weeks with at least eighteen fantasy points. Wow. Uh, the lowest receiving total was eighty eight yards. Like he's he's kind of turned it on. So, sure. we'll, Juju, we'll bro. Yeah, Juju also. Juju's kinda, the man. Maybe kinda, I get a Juju jersey. Kind of showing it a little Kadarius bit. Tony. Kind of showing it a little bit. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know about all that, but so with I, with Cam, I love, I love the move they made there. Yeah, yeah, no, long term, definitely a nice weapon. Yeah, long term, yeah, for sure. So I, I'm gonna operate under the assumption that Cam probably plays Brandon Ayuk in this one. I'm gonna go Mason here. I. Th- think this has i think this game has a sneaky shootout potential i think if if cam's guys come to play and daniel jones has a good game i mean i think mason's gonna have a good game regardless here with with the with justin fields going off um with his receivers really having high ceilings uh i think yeah i think this one's a a sneaky shootout i'm gonna give the slight edge to mason but uh who didn't go yet i don't think i gave my take Jeff, started, right? I, I okay. Take, yeah. And Sebs, Sebs, what do you think? Um, you know, I across the board, I like, I, like yeah, Cam, Cam's team definitely. Uh, his receivers turning it around definitely looks great, uh, especially matched up against Waddle and Jefferson. However, you got Kenneth Walker against Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. You got Dalvin Cook in Buffalo. I don't know how that'll pin. I I think Stephon Diggs can still or uh, fuck, Justin Jefferson can still have a great game in Buffalo. I don't know about Dalvin Cook. You know, I think uh, I I mentioned it earlier. I think Kirk Cousins is gonna have to do a lot in this game, and I think he's gonna rely heavily upon Justin Jefferson. Jefferson, top three most talented receive top five. There's a lot of talented receivers in the NFL. But top five. When you're in that top five, you can, like, it doesn't matter who you're going against, as we mentioned earlier. You can fucking change the game. You know, top five receiver. Mm-hmm. You can be the best running back in the NFL and get shut down. Very easily. You know? All that, all, like, against the caliber, caliber type yeah. of Buffalo. Like, against a Dallas or a Philly. You know? You, you can be the best running back and you put up fucking eight fantasy points. At that point, it's almost more your line getting shut down. Exa- yeah, exactly. You, you have to rely on more of your team than a wide receiver. Right, you have to rely on quick passes from the quarterback, smart quarterback play, and good route running, which can happen against anyone. Because yeah. on defense, you have to mm-hmm. react. Where Like, when you're playing coverage, you have to react. Whereas, when you're playing against a good running back, all you have to do is call the right play. Yeah. Um, and... I don't know. I, I, it's going to be tough for Kenneth Walker and Dalvin Cook to produce against those solid defensive fronts. 
Um, had had Walker and Cook been playing different teams, I like I really think and you you said the best. This has high potential for a shootout here, and that could definitely be the case. But I just don't think uh, Cam's running running backs will do enough to put them in the winning column for this week. So I have to go Mason, unfortunately. Although Cam, I'm rooting for you. <laughs> Cam, I'm rooting for you hard, dude. Just think about it this way. If I pull out the win here this week and Cam beats Mason, you'll have if the season in fourth place. I am in fourth place and I'm in playoffs. Oh, Imagine that. With Imagine this, that. With the second least points. <laughs> Dude. By five. <laughs> so we'll see what how if, it goes. Let's just add a another situation of this hypothetical what if think outscores you this week by five in that process you would be the lowest scoring yeah. team in the league and have and, a and have a yeah at the, at the moment playoff spot yeah that's pretty crazy let's make it happen squib kick <laughs> um oh one thing i wanted to mention you know ending with this matchup what do you guys think of justin fields what do you, what do you think of him running the ball more now do you think that's dangerous? Do you think that helps him in the passing game, whatever it may be, winning games? What do you guys think? It's always dangerous for a quarterback to be running the ball. But for sure. if that's what you need to do to be moving the ball, that's what you got to do. Yeah. And just pray that you don't get your starting quarterback injured. Um, it's better to try and hope he doesn't get injured than just keep doing what they were doing at the start of the season. Yeah, the Bears looked awful until they made that switch and let – Justin Fields kind of play how he plays, kind of design plays for him. And if you look at uh, what Baltimore's been doing the last few years with Lamar, Lamar hasn't, I don't have the data up in front of me, but Lamar hasn't had any major injuries to deal with. As a quarterback that's going to run a lot, you got to just, you got to be smart and make sure that you're not taking excessive hits. Like, you know, if, if it, you can go down on a slide rather than trying to fight for an extra two or three yards. But the way they're scheming up plays for Justin Fields right now, uh, the schedule's been pretty good. Justin Fields has has very high potential, and I think that really played into Mason's trade of Joe Burrow. I think Mason has got to believe that Fields can keep this up. Yeah. Do you think they're the Chicago head coach is like letting Fields play like how he wants? Is he is he designing plays for Fields to scramble and run, or do you think Fields is kind of just doing that by himself? And kind of just saying, hey, man, like, let me play how I did in college. I can put up points on the board, you know? Well, it looks like, and again, I haven't really been watching a lot of Bears football because yeah, yeah. who wants to it's, watch the Bears? It's the Bears. <laughs> but three of the last four weeks, he's had double-digit rushing totals, like, in terms of carries. He only had, up until week, in the first five weeks, he had one game where he rushed the ball more than eight times. Last four weeks, 12, 14, 8, 15. Yeah. And he's getting in the end zone now. A t- rushing touchdown each of the last three weeks. Before that, he only had one rushing touchdown on the season. So without actually watching the tape of those games, I would have to imagine that they're designing some plays up for him. And the whole offense just is putting up higher numbers when, when they let him play like that. At the mm-hmm. very least, it's a green light. Yeah. Like, even if they aren't designing plays for Go ahead and, and roll out. If you don't see it, take off. Yeah, because yeah. he has the speed. He has the elusiveness to do so. I think, uh, you know, I hate to say it. 
I feel that Mason made the right move there, dishing out Joe Burrow. Oh, Roll, absolutely. Rolling with Fields. Yeah, yeah. If Fields, can, if Fields can keep this up, I mean, and it, I don't think it, I hope. I don't know if he would have gotten as much in that trade if he gave up Fields instead of Burrow because Fields is a bigger question. And the thing mark. is, look at look at his look at the schedule. Yeah, the next three weeks are nuts. Atlanta, New York Jets. Even though they did. The Jets actually, I, I take that back. The Jets defense has looked pretty good. There, there's, there's, but the next two, Detroit. But and like, Atlanta. dude, now it's like a. I feel like Chicago is a little unpredictable now with Fields, either throwing it or running it. You know, um, but like, you know, Detroit, Atlanta, New York Jets, Green Bay, and then bye week. What's Mason gonna do about the bye? You'll have to tune in Please. for week fourteen <laughs> of the Squip Kick. I think we can, uh, you know, halt the show there. We hit on all the matchups. We got the fortunes. We got the brow raisers. Deal or no deal as well. This was Jeff, Drew, and Sebs. We are the Squib Kick. Let's have a great week 10 of, of fantasy football and NFL football. And we'll see you next time. Go football.